Hello everyone, you are listening to Talk About A Lot. I am your host Hitesh and today we have Ms. Alina Rarick with us. She is an US based entrepreneur and a mother and a humble human being. Today we will get to know about her story, how she became an entrepreneur and we will get to know some tips about how to achieve goals. So stay tuned till the end. You will like this conversation. Thank you. Hello, Alina. Welcome to the show. I am Itesh. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's my pleasure, Alina. How are you? I am doing good. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. <laughs> so, can you tell us about you and your work with Transform Internationals? Absolutely. So, so way back in time, my parents started training me for business at the age of 12. And they cared more about uh, us kids learning business than they did about school, traditional school education. So they began paying me and my brothers to read books on business life and spirituality. And then we would have to write book reports. And my parents owned a corporation, so they took us to their business and trained us in all the positions. And they really instilled a business mindset, the entrepreneur mindset in us more than the go to college and get a nine to five type. So I went into the family business up until I turned 30 and realized, you know, I want to do my own thing. And if I can help build other companies as large as I had, then I can surely do it for myself. So I opened Transform International and at the beginning it was meant to be just public speaking. I wrote a couple books known would oh I never knew it would be where it is today I'll put it to you that way and it's one of the reasons I tell people if you're gonna have a business plan it should be really loose because doors are gonna open that you did not foresee coming and doors are gonna shut that you wish would have stayed open but in the end you're happy that they didn't and so on my own journey of creating my business people started asking me they were seeing my success and they were asking me how did you do that how did you write a book how are you getting on stages and speaking and it just started out with oh well here i'll tell you no problem here I'll help you well then they would tell their friend and their friend and before you know it transform international opened up a publishing company so we do books for everybody else whether it's ghostwriting or helping them write their books marketing their books and everything just really came together to the point i now teach business via video in nine different countries and help people do what I do. That's very interesting. So do you do business in India as well? I do not. And this is one reason it's super exciting to have met you and to connect with you because this is definitely a new stomping ground. That's good. So like you said, your parents are also the entrepreneurs, right? They have groomed you from the early age. They have. To the point, I'm actually a high school dropout. They really just did not, excuse me, they really just did not care about school. And they they knew, you know, some of the stuff we learn in school, we just don't need, we're not going to use. And a lot of it's a waste of time. And 
the whole topic of the school system needing to be readjusted for real life stuff. But uh, yeah, my parents were all about the entrepreneur life and they retired years ago and then they got bored. So they're back at it again, doing some stuff, but it, it's super fun to watch and learn from them. And to this day, they're still my mentors. That's very good. So you work for your parents till the age of 30. Yep. Uh, so how did you know that you have a right now got the idea to start your own business? How did you know that that's the idea you should pursue? Well, I realized that I was good at what I did. However, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't, it just, it wasn't my own. And I knew I was meant for more. And I wanted, I just wanted to do it my way, I guess. So it was just this inner passion and burning desire of, of wanting to go out on my own and, and prove that I can do it for myself, which was really hard. I remember when I first opened my business at 30, I was so excited. I got a business phone number and then I sat there because, you know, you're setting everything up. You're getting the LLC, you're getting the email, the website, the phone number, all this stuff. And I was so excited. I had this business phone number and back then you had to pay a lot of money for it. Now it's really cheap through Google and different things. But back then it was like 50, 60 bucks a month and I'm paying for this phone number. And I'm like, nobody even knows I'm in business. Nobody's calling me. What am I doing? <laughs> and now look at my business. And I was just talking with a client about this last week. I, I told her, I said, I remember when I had a business phone number with nobody calling me, wondering if this is going to work. And now I can't hire people fast enough and get them trained to help me because I cannot do all these, these things by myself and take on more clients by myself. And the phone rings off the hook and the emails don't stop coming in. And it's really neat. I mean, it's been eight years. so. I would say probably around the four to five year mark is when it became almost an overwhelm and taking it to that next level. So it definitely took time to, to grow it, but we're definitely there. And it's, it's really neat to see. And it really proves that really, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's what people say. My way is the best way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> so are you happy uh, in the conditions where you are now? I am happy. I'm I'm very happy. I'm excited. Every day I get up, I'm excited to come out to the office and and get back at it and help clients. The thing that makes me the happiest is the client appreciation. And I really feel, you know, I I don't feel. I know for a fact that's what's grown my business because I've never had to market. My entire business has grown word of mouth because customer service is our number one. Um we just it's all about making sure that clients happy and our number one thing that we say to our clients when we're working with them and they're asking you know my advice or my staff's advice like well should i do it this way or that way and we tell them we feel you need to do it this way and here is why but if you're not happy with that then it's ultimately your decision because you have to be happy also and I will say though, and I say this to warn other people who are in business, you know, sometimes we have this perfect business model. It works. It brings the money in. It impacts many lives. Um, there's four things 
that I say that entrepreneurs really want, and that is time, and time's an acronym. So T is time, I is impact, M is money, and E is excitement. So you find yourself and you have all of that, but there's still something missing or something needs tweaked. And so we are in a position right now looking at the company and saying, you know, I'm happy and I'm excited, but I'm not 100% satisfied. It can be better. Some changes, we can make some changes to make this even better. So it is, it's definitely an excitement and a happiness, but you always have to be adjusting because the world is constantly changing and you have to keep up with that too. That's true. Adaptability is important. Yes. So, you know, there is a saying in India that Grahak Devata hai, which literally means to customer is God. Do you believe that? I, I I believe I do. Let me go at it this way. One, God is my number one. And every day I pray, open the doors that need to be open, shut the doors that need to be shut, whether I like it or not, because he knows what's best for me and the company and my customers and all of that. And there are places, one of my backgrounds too, is I went to school for biblical studies because I didn't want to just show up in church every day and believe a pastor because it's just a guy standing there. And I really wanted to dig into the Bible and know really what it meant. And through my studies, I, I learned this and it's funny. People will definitely question it. And I tell them, go look it up. And I don't remember the verse. So you'd really have to go look it up. But uh, God calls us gods, but with a little G. So God is God with a big G, but we're the little G's. And so if I heard you correctly, that customers are God, of course, my customers are gods, but with little G's. And that is how we treat our customers. But God with the big G is the God of all. So does that answer what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that's totally answer what I'm saying. So you are okay, a spiritual good. person. Yes. You are into the business for eight years on your own. So what are the mistakes you wish you could have avoided at the time? Oh, goodness. Oh, mistakes. I know I've made a lot of mistakes. I will say my mind is not trained to dwell on the mistakes. Um, I guess my biggest thing, and it's the flaw, but I am addicted to change. I love change. And so in the beginning, because I love excitement, you know, I need that new adventure. I'm always, I need something to look forward to. And so change fulfills that in me of who I am as a person. So I do know in the beginning, I would say, okay, this is the way we're going to do something. And we would roll with it for six months or a year. And then I would get bored with it and be like, we need to change. And I realized I was changing too much, too fast, because right when I would get my employees or my clients accustomed to doing business this way, I would script on them and doing it to them in a, an amount of time. I don't know what time frame that might be, but doing that once is is okay and everybody can adjust but i was doing it constantly to where some people are like oh my gosh stop changing stuff on us we can't keep up so that was a really big change and i had to learn to control that desire within me to constantly change things and make things better um so that would probably have been my biggest mistake in the beginning so i will tell you how i fixed this for anyone like me listening 
I now allow myself to make changes once a year and only at the beginning. So like it is a new year change. So 2021, we're going to make some changes, but they're going to be small changes and it's reasonable because it's a new year, a new way of doing things. So I don't allow the changes throughout the year anymore. And just that once a year, if I feel it. So that's how I, I control my, my desires. (laughs) That's pretty good answer. So like uh, talking about years, uh, this is year 2020 and we have been hit by a pandemic. So how does this affect your business? Like uh, for eight months, there are many countries who are in, which are in lockdown. So what really changed in the pandemic? Well, you know what? I will say this has been one year straight out of hell. I'm telling you what, if it could go wrong, it went wrong, but not in business, just in the world and watching things. And in my personal life. Um, It's just, it was really strange. I think that it affected so many people in a negative way. And that trickled into my personal life because when people in your personal life are affected by something, then you get bumped into that, you know? And so personal life has not been the best this year. I'll say that, but my business has doubled this year. And I don't know if I can say that's because people got the stimulus checks or what the reasoning is, or if they were locked up and bored and wanted to spend money and work on their dreams, because that's what we do. We help people fulfill their dreams. And when the whole world's locked down, people are sitting at home bored thinking, well, maybe I could start writing my book now. And so we've been swamped. I've hired more people this year than I've ever had to hire and train. So I have been blessed in that realm. Financially, business-wise, we've been blessed. But um, personally, emotionally, it's definitely been hard. And, And when you're going through those personal issues, it's really hard to maintain business because you're upside down and you have to continue to put that business hat on, show up to work and leave the personal stuff aside. So it's just been a roller coaster ride. Yeah, that's the year was tough for everybody. In a positive way, this year has also given us the opportunities to pursue our dreams. Like I have also written few short stories of my own. Awesome. Yeah, I started two new books this year and it's hard because I'm constantly working on everyone's books. I feel like all I do is read. Like my entire life is built around words and I ghostwrite for people. So I'm writing other people's books, but I have a goal to write a hundred books in my life and I'm at, I think 12 or 13. I, I actually start to lose count and I have to go back and count them sometimes, but I know I'm a far away, away from a hundred and I'm 38. But there's factors that, you know, I have it planned, you know, once my kids are, I have four small children, so, well, they're not so small anymore, but four children still at home. And I think, you know, once they move out of the house, I'll have more time and I can spit out books pretty quickly because that's what my brain is trained to do. And I know all my topics and what I want to write about, but one of the biggest goals I have for one of my books is to write a book that's just for my kids. So God forbid I die or something happen, mm-hmm. you know, they have all my brain, all the wisdom that mom wants them to know to help them through life. I wanted to write that book for them. Well, then I realized, I mean, the information is endless. So there'll be lots of books, 
but so it'll end up being a series but i finally started that book for them and it will be done by christmas for a christmas present for them and i ended up i have four children and then i have three nieces so i ended up writing it for all seven of these kids and each one speaks directly to them so it's quite a project because i have seven manuscripts and i'm telling the same stuff but adjusting each one to each kid for what they need to hear and how they need to hear it so that's my biggest project that i started this year and am really excited about uh, that's one beautiful christmas present for kids yes <laughs> <laughs> your parents were entrepreneurs uh, and it uh, shows in you and you are also an entrepreneur so are you grooming your kids uh, for the same you know what i have definitely tried they really have no interest um my oldest is 17 and she wants to be a cosmetologist she wants to do hair and those sorts of things and i tell her that's great and i want my kids to follow their dreams i think um us kids we just had this natural desire to be our own boss like my kids don't have that yet not all of them So my 17-year-old again she just really wants to do hair and things like that so I try to teach her that's great you can do that but you need to be the salon owner you don't need to work in someone else's salon so she gets that concept but she is the 17-year-old who is the life of the party and into hair and makeup and in some of that stuff I call it maybe artificial things you know I'm I'm a deeper person I like to look at the inside so we're a little bit different in those realms I care less about the way someone looks and I you know I I like the business and the heart and that sort of thing so she's her own person my other kids my child is 13 and I definitely see him being an entrepreneur he is constantly he's not old enough to work yet you know nobody will hire him legally but he's definitely like mom can i make some money and i have hired him to do some things on the computer for me and he i pay him to work inside my website and do things and so i can definitely see him being an entrepreneur uh it's funny this next generation my other two are still too young to tell uh, my 11 year old is a brainiac she's going to be like me i mean we are intellectuals we love knowledge and things like that so hers could go either way i could see her being the doctor lawyer engineer or an entrepreneur i'm just not sure which way she's going to go yet and then my youngest one is 9 so way too early to tell with mm. him he's really into sports and things like that um but he's also i think he's going to end up being an intellectual as well um he might follow in his father's footsteps of being an engineer though because okay. his brain works like my husband's but um i definitely try to steer them that way but they're not as uh this well let me tell you this the next this generation because of social media they're all about entertainment and videos and things mm -hmm. like that so to get them to read a book It, I mean it just does it's really hard you know where when my dad gave me a book on business or or god or you know anything it was like I love to learn I love to read those my kids are like uh we're not reading that stuff so another goal of mine and I started this book this year as well is they do like to read novels so I'm writing a novel but all the characters are intellectuals and they're teaching through the story. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll read it that way and we'll see how that goes. Um but uh they and I've learned to also 
do I'm, I do video series for them because like I said, they want to watch videos and, and, and not read. So I also have videos that I've created for them that God forbid something happens to me, they can at least watch my videos and hear my words of wisdom if they never read the book that I'm writing them. <laughs> so nothing is going to happen to you this early. You have a goal of 100 no. books to complete. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like this generation, social media is kind of a natural thing for us. And I also try to read book every day, but it's difficult. But social media is not difficult to follow. It's in the in my hand right now. I just wanted to ask you. I know I know this. I'm the guest on your show, but okay, you said okay. you like to write. So I would love to hear like what are you writing or what types of things do you like to write? Ah, like I usually write fiction. Right? Uh, I'm not much of a writer. An amateur writing, you you can say that. Awesome. Uh, well, I, keep going. Keep yeah, going. I'll try. Okay. <laughs> Writing is a tough job to do. It, it is. It is for a lot of people. It, it is a natural ability. I actually get it from my grandmother. She was a natural writer. It's just something within us. My dad is a lot like that, that too. And then my mom's side, they're like, how does your brain work that way? And it's, it is something I think we just get through yeah. our genes. So. Like, uh, my parents are they are supporting me in every way they can. That's that what I'm amazing. grateful for. Very good. That is awesome to hear. A lot of people don't have that kind of support. So good. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, like uh, uh, Transform, Transform International, uh, you are working on books as well, in your books and others' book. So how is work-life balance for you? Like, How do you manage your work and personal life? Oh, great question. Going back to when you asked me what mistakes I've made. <laughs> Definitely in the beginning, I had no work-life balance because when you have this passion inside of you and this burning desire and, and you're, you love working, right? Then you, if you're not careful, you'll drown yourself in your work. And I remember my computer went everywhere with me the first couple years. When I was writing my books, I'd be sitting in the living room writing a book while the family watched TV, and and I didn't have business hours. And you, even with the highest amount of passion, you will get burned out eventually. And I learned that. And then when my business started growing in other countries then the time frames are off and I would have clients calling me in the middle of the night because mm. it's daytime for them. And I realized this is getting crazy out of hand. So the, in those moments, a few years ago when that started happening, I was like, I need a business phone number, not my personal number. And so I, I, I'm very secretive about my personal number now. So that cuts that off and I can walk away from the business line and the business line now I do have it ringing through to my cell phone, but it shuts off after business hours. So I had to learn to set those business hours from nine to five, Monday through Friday. And I do not answer people outside of those hours because I have to train them that this is a business and we have set business hours and this is my family. And it's funny because I will get emails on the weekend. I will get text messages on the weekend, but it doesn't come through to my phone. So when I get into the office on Monday, I can see all these clients who tried to contact me and new clients don't understand that because it is really sickening. But in the entrepreneur world, people think that all entrepreneurs work 24 seven. And I really urge people not to do that. 
you know, you have to have set business hours. So new clients, sometimes we like, well, I messaged you on Saturday and it's Monday and I'm just hearing from you. Yeah. Business was closed and this is how we operate. So my work-life balance is saying, here are my hours and those are my boundaries and you will have to wait. You'll have to be patient and training the entrepreneurial world to function like that is one of the things I work hard to do. That's good. Setting a business hour is important. Yes. So like you are working in nine countries. Uh, so how, what is the current strength of your company? The current what? Current strength. How many people work for you? Oh, goodness. Um, thing. I would say there's probably about 20 employees that I have, give or take two or three, one way or the other. And clients is, I, I wouldn't even have a clue on how many clients we've had over the years. <laughs> um, currently, I work personally with some of the clients and then my staff works with the clients that I can't personally take because I still have a passion to, to have my hands in with the clients and work with them. I currently am working with about 15 clients and that's really pushing it. And with those 15, I still have staff who help on some of the things. So um, a lot of the marketing we have to do, you know, my employees will do the graphics and different things like that. But about 15 of them I talk to on a weekly basis. That's the 15 is still a large number for a single person. It is. It definitely yeah. is. <laughs> so what is your approach for the marketing? Like how do you approach marketing for yourself and for the clients? For myself, I, I've tried marketing one time. Um, business was going really well. It was during that transition to where we were really taking off. And I thought, man, if I just throw some money at this, we'll really launch into that next level quickly. So I hired a really large marketing firm for, uh, I spent $10,000 and I got nothing, like nothing. I don't know, I, it was a waste of $10,000. And it was my learning curve of going, okay, I could have just walked out to the campfire and just lit up 10 grand because nothing, you know? And I said, I've grown my business as far as I have without any marketing. So I tried, I, you know, I tried the $10,000 and I decided we're just gonna keep growing word of mouth. So I do not market my company. I do not market myself. Interesting, I am on your podcast, so I would say this might be a form of marketing. It would probably be the extent of this, and I maybe only do two or three podcasts a year. I mean, I really don't do a lot of them. I ended up finding you and thought, okay, you know, let's, let's connect. And so uh, I'm here, but I do speaking engagements. Um, but I get hired to speak, so it's really not a marketing, but those speaking engagements, I end up, people from the crowd end up hiring me and that works out. But I do not spend marketing dollars on marketing. I train my people. If you, if you have really great customer service, then you really don't have to market um, with financially. And I actually have a course called Make Money Without Marketing. And so I teach people how to grow their business word of mouth the way that I have and not dump thousands of dollars into marketing. That's good. I'll surely try to take that course. I need that kind of course. 
Well, I'll uh, give it to you. I will send it to you. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Like you said, you only do two and three podcasts a year. Like, I'm really grateful for that. That I'm lucky to have you. <laughs> and uh, so, like you don't do marketing for yourself. And I don't. There's no. I don't do any ads or. Um, the most I would do, I mean, but it's really for my clients. So my author clients, we do interviews with them. So I'll take those interviews and stream them live on several platforms at one time. And that is a natural marketing. People watch their interviews and say, oh my gosh, they wrote a book and that's really cool. And who is this publishing company they're working with? And so we get, we get new clients through interviewing our already clients. But again, I would consider that a word of mouth because I'm not out there saying, Hey, hire me. And I don't do an email funnel that what well, I'll, I'll be honest there. I do an email funnel, but it's only for my existing clients and it's to give them more teachings, more lessons. So I don't do a sales email funnel. That's good. Apart from word of mouth and you don't do marketing. So how do you plan on growing your business? I'm keeping it the same word of mouth, you know, if people see us and hear us and, um, just having an online presence and great customer service. I almost every client of mine has given us a referral and one of their friends has hired us. So it just circles back around. Like a word of mouth is your success mantra. Yes, it is. That's good. So in the, tenure of eight years do you have any failures to be named like do you call anything uh, failure do i have experience with failure uh absolutely i i mean failure is a part of it and i know that i'm going to have many more failures but the the thing is is to know that you are i i've said this before in with um a friend of mine who was going through marital issues. Okay. Her, her husband seemed to repeat the same behaviors. And I told her, okay, if you know, he's in a process of changing, he's trying to stop that behavior, but people make mistakes and people fail at change or at getting to where they want to be. So, you know, even though when he makes that mistake, he promises that he's never going to make that mistake again but you know, he's going to fail. So how many times are you willing to stay there until he stops failing at it? Right? So if you know, this behavior really hurts your feelings, upsets you, makes you want to get a divorce, but you know, he's going to do it 10 more times. So get a calendar and put 10, uh, smiley faces on it or whatever. And every time he fails, cross one of those off that you got through one more failure, but there's nine more times he's going to fail. So the same thing in, in any aspects of life, even in business, you know, you're going to fail. So go ahead and mark all those failures on a calendar or, and when one happens, great, we got through one more failure. We only have this many more to do, you know, <laughs> failure is a part of life and you're, we're all going to do it. So the goal is to just know it's coming, know it's going to happen and you deal with it. And that's one of the things I say, why I'm so successful in business is because I'm a problem solver. And when you fail, you have a problem and you have to solve the problem. So if you take on that mentality of 
I solve problems for myself, for my company, for people, for my family, I'm a problem solver, then when the failure comes, it won't shake you. You, you already knew it was coming. So just be prepared to solve the problem. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting answer. Yeah. So uh, being an entrepreneur, how do you approach doubt? Like how do you uh, handle adversities? And when you have doubts, how you tackle them? Oh goodness! How do when I have doubts? I I am a doubtful person quite often. <laughs> I tell you, and it's that struggle of going, okay, I'm a problem solver. It's going to work out. Don't doubt. You know, um, I remind myself. The first thing I do is I remind myself of my own prayer. I pray, like I said earlier, God, open the doors you want to open and shut the doors you want to shut. So when doubt comes in, well. It's in God's hands. He's either going to keep the door open or he's going to open it or he's going to shut it. And it's not my, it's, it's not my responsibility to doubt. So to me, it goes to faith. Um, and sometimes the doubt is reasonable. Like, okay, I'm not sure this is going to work, but we roll with it. We solve problems along the way. And if it works great, if it doesn't, God didn't want that to come to fruition. So I accept it and I move on. So I try to stay strong minded. Now I will say I am a human being and I can't always be perfect in, in being cheerful and positive and, and sometimes doubt will consume me. Um, and in those moments, a lot of times I just realize I need a break. I need to say, Hey, I'm going to take a couple of vacation days and I go enjoy life for a little bit and, and put that stuff aside until I can get myself to a more positive state of being. And that's who I know that I need to be. But yeah, there's some days that you just don't want to be positive and you don't want to be happy or whatever. And so you have to just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. Uh, you said you are a spiritual person. Uh, so uh, so how did you incline to, towards spirituality? I am not... I, 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 I'm watching the world go to this new stuff of crystals and meditation and yoga and all these different things. I am not that. I am more of a black and white type of chick. Okay. It is, this is what the Bible says. This is what we're going to go by. Um, you, I mean, you have Catholics who pray to the rosary and things like that. That's just not who I am. It's, it's me and God, you know, and I also, and this has been a way of life for everyone who's a Christian, uh, you know, who I grew up with. And in my world is they set us part time to pray. So when they get up in the morning, they, they pray. Um, when we eat dinner, we pray before you go to bed, you pray. I'm not like that either. To me, God's just my friend. And I talk to him all day long and he's a part of everything I do all day. So for me, it's not really a stopping to meditate. It's, um, I could be going, well, I don't know if I want to go to that party tonight or if I should stay home and do a family night with the kids. God, what should I do? Like, it's just a constant communication. And so I don't really have a ritual that I do. I'm actually kind of against rituals uh, because then I think it takes away the heart of the matter because you're doing it just because it's a ritual. So I'm more of a just a raw, real, on the fly type of girl when you know god and i just talk all the time and it's just an ongoing relationship uh, that's a beautiful answer elena 
Thank you. Mm, so, uh, like uh, in US, elections are going on currently. <laughs> oh gosh, are you bringing up this loaded question? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be, I won't be asking a political question. Okay. Oh, you're allowed. I'm all into politics. <laughs> you go right ahead. <laughs> uh, so, what I wanted to ask is like, uh, does uh, politics and a shift in politics affect business and entrepreneurs uh, in a different, difficult way or easy way? How does it affect? Us? I actually did a video talking about this because you have since we were kids and I'm sure it's always been this way is there's two things you don't talk about and that's politics and religion, right? Yeah. And I broke the seal on that this year because things needed to be said. To me, people needed to wake up. We need to know what's going on. You, We cannot just sit back and listen to mainstream media anymore. It's full of crap. Um, they've proven themselves to be liars. You know, this is my take on it. You don't have to have these feelings or yes, beliefs. Uh, feelings but- are mutual. These feelings are mutual. Okay, good. So I'm a studier. As we talked about, I'm an intellect. So I like to dig deep. I research. I like to connect my own dots. Just like I said, how I went to school for biblical studies. I'm not going to take the pastor's word for whatever he says is in that Bible. I want to know what's in that Bible. Same thing when it comes to politics. I'm not going to watch the news and believe whatever they tell me. I'm going to go do my own research and figure out my own stuff and, and think. I want to think for myself. Well, unfortunately, you have all these people who, well, whatever mainstream media says, that's the truth. And that really bothered me. And I really had a hard decision to make. Do I speak out? Do I try to show people what I've been studying? Because that's what I am. I'm a problem solver and I'm a teacher, right? So I started doing videos, teaching things. Well, I first started just posting a couple things. Then people came along and was like, what are you talking about? Can you teach me more? So I was like, okay. So I started, they asked me, about 10 or 15 of them asked me to start a group to teach them politics and what I know about politics. Before I knew it, it grew to over 4,000 people. And it was just supposed to be 10 or 15 people of my friends. So of course my videos went viral and all these things happened. It ended up being too much for me because that's a whole nother business and I don't have time for it. So I removed myself from the situation and I don't do that. However, I did spend a good amount of time this year doing that, but now they're, they're soaring and they understand that they're doing their own studies now and they're teaching other people. So I at least set people on the right path to wake up, do their own research. Um, what I found in that moment, my business exploded. And it went against everything that I've been taught. Don't talk about politics. Now I knew that I could lose some clients who believe the opposite as me. I knew that, but I thought then here's the thing is we build our tribe, right? My tribe consists of people who allow me to believe what I wanna believe without judging and without hating me for my beliefs. That's my tribe. It's a mutual respect. You don't have to believe what I believe. You can have the, you can believe, you can be an atheist. You can um, have the opposite political beliefs as me, moral, not morals, I shouldn't have went there, but you can believe the opposite, but we can still be friends. So one of my best friends, we are total opposites of politics. 
total opposites. We agree on nothing with politics, but you know what? She comes down, we have a glass of wine, we have a meat and cheese tray, and we have a great time together. And we do talk politics, but it's with the mutual understanding of, okay, I could see why you believe that way. You know, go back to the way that somebody was raised. My parents, I mean, I'm a hundred percent believing the same way my parents believe. She believes the way her parents believe. We're groomed to believe what we believe. So we can't hate each other for that. You know, um, so my tribe, that's who my tribe is. People who let me believe what I believe. Yes, you can think I'm a wackadoo for if you don't believe my way, but you're still going to respect me and love me and I'm still going to respect and love you. So if I lost any clients by putting my beliefs out there, then they're not my tribe. They're immature. They can't love me and respect me for who I am and what I believe. So I don't need them in my life anyways. And I don't need them as a client. So going at it with that really understanding of sitting down saying, who is my tribe? I don't need every person to be my client. So really my business exploded when I taught that lesson. And what I did is I gave my clients a voice to where they too were like, oh, I can talk politics too. And that's who my tribe is. So I really had a great impact on so many people to give them a voice again and to speak their truth. That's a great answer. Uh, like uh, uh, you just said that you don't believe in rituals. And uh, we are moving towards the end of our interview. So I had I have few rituals of my own for the show. So uh, I'm, I'll be asking last two questions from you. So being an author yourself, so what three books would you recommend my listeners and me to, they should read in a lifetime? They should read that book. What are your three favorite books? Oh my goodness. Um, are we talking about my own or all the books out there? Uh, <laughs> uh, apart from you, so we are, we will be reading your okay. book. What okay. books inspired you? Like, what are your favorite? Okay. My one, there's so many, as I said, I've been reading books since I was 12 years old. So I have quite the library, but uh, one of my all time favorites, just because he's a brilliant, brilliant writer is Paulo Coelho, the alchemist. And a friend bought me his book and it's a novel and I do not read novels. I only read to learn. So when she bought me this book, I thought, oh gosh, I have to read this thing because she's going to ask me if I like it. So I read it. He's so brilliant because he tells a story, but all the characters are intellects and they teach you through their life of in the story. And so I've read a couple of his books and to me, he's just such a brilliant writer. And now I don't agree with everything in his books and he, in an interview, he even said he doesn't agree with everything his characters believe and say. And so each, as you read the story and you learn from the characters, you'll take some stuff away and you'll dismiss some stuff and that's okay too. But, um, his books have a lot of great life lessons and it's a story. So it's entertaining. So that's definitely the alchemist and three feet from gold. And it's a uh, Sharon Letcher and I forget there's two authors. I can't think of the other name, but three feet from gold is an awesome one. And, um, gosh, there's so many, I'll say the outliers. The outliers is a really good book. I don't remember who the author is. You'll have to look it up, but, um, those are three off the top of my head that I think are really, really great. 
so the last question from me is like you know that title of my show is talk about a lot so what is the one thing you can talk about a lot like you can oh. talk about it non stop <laughs> <laughs> what can i talk about a lot well let me tell you i was the kid in school whose desk always got moved to the back of the room away from the other kids cuz i couldn't stop talking <laughs> <laughs> and now i say now i see my old teachers and say well i'm a public speaker <laughs> so i can talk a lot about everything definitely god definitely the bible love talking about the bible uh love talking about politics i will say i'm getting a little burned out on the politics though uh just cuz enough's enough with the chaos but um definitely god i can talk about god and personal development heart i love to have very in depth heartful conversations that's good so uh, do you want to say something to our audience anything else do you want to say something absolutely you know if you have a dream that you really want to go after. I want to I want to leave them with three quick tips. How about that? Okay. Uh, that's that's good. Okay, so number 1, protect your dream from the naysayers. So don't you don't have to go shout your dreams from a rooftop. If you want to write a book, don't post on social media. I'm going to write a book. You're going to have people come out and say, "Oh, why would you want to do that? You can't do that." So protect your dream. Tell only those who are going to encourage you. Um number 2 know your destination but have a really loose roadmap to get there because you don't know what God wants to open for you or what he's going to close for to protect you so don't get upset either when something does not but our parents were protecting them we know they're just not ready yet they need to be 16 and go through training sometimes god knows that about us we're just not ready and number 3 is your results are the shadow of your efforts so if you treat your dream like a hobby you're going to get happy results you're not going to have the empire results so pay attention to how you're treating your passion and the time you're pouring into it and your efforts because your efforts will prove the results and these these are the great tips to follow the dreams i it was very great fun having you alina thank you everybody for listening i hope you like the conversation keep listening to my podcast for more good content until then stay safe see you soon bye bye